Well, Julio put a lot of pressure on in saying that when you get up here and teach, it's God speaking to you. And so I appreciate that, Julio. I, I, I really hope that what I have to say and share with you uh, that God approves of, that it is the truth, and I hope it is. Uh, I'd like to start with just kind of giving you a little bit of, uh, of why I came to talk about this today. And you may hear it and think, big deal, and you may not, I don't know, but it really, it really uh, hit me a little bit. I mean, it, I've kind of felt like, and I don't always talk like this, and I, don't, I hadn't always lived this way, that God working in my life and bringing me to a certain point and revealing things to me or whatever. And, but I, I kind of feel like that's what happened here. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was just reading uh, in a commentary by N.T. Wright on the book of Matthew, and I was in uh, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 6, and he talked about uh, when Jesus said, Lord, teach us to pray, and then he talked about when you pray, pray this way, our Father in heaven, and so on, and then I got to reading, and a lot of things there he said really struck me, and then I got into chapter 7, and he talked about where, you know, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open to you. And, and he said, anything you ask in my name, it will be given to you. And N.T. Wright asked the question. He said, anything? Do we pray that with that expectation that God will give us anything? And so it really got me thinking about prayer and about uh, uh, what it's all about and, and a lot of different things about it. So it was really heavy on my mind is my point. Well, then you fast forward a little bit, and Terry asked me to teach this Sunday and, and, and asked me if I would, and I said, yeah. And so I started thinking about, okay, what am I going to teach on? Because we didn't have anything set. And, uh, and so I thought, well, what am I? And I said, well, that's heavy on my mind. I'll, I'll talk about prayer. And then uh, a little bit later after that, he texted me again. He said, well, you lead our grow group that we have on Tuesday nights. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll lead it. And I said, what chapters are we going to try to cover? We're going through a book by John Ortberg. And he said, chapters 15 and 16. So I said, all right. So I thought, well, I guess I better read it and get prepared. And so I opened it up to chapter 15, and it was on prayer. A lot of the same thoughts that I had been having, a lot of things that I had been considering, and, and, uh, and, and, and even more uh, in this chapter. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I, I just can't believe that's a coincidence. And, okay, so there's that. Well, then last Sunday, I, I have a little notebook, journal, a journal uh, thing that, uh, you know, it's the Christian thing to do is journal. But I do it, I do it a little bit. Uh, I jot down notes or thoughts or whatever, and sometimes I'll just write stuff out. And I just happened to open it up last Sunday as I was sitting there, and I opened it up. I wasn't looking for anything in particular. I just opened up my journal and opened it up to January the, uh, January the 20th, 2019. And I read what I had wrote on that date almost a year ago to the date, and it was on prayer. And so I was just like, all right, okay, what's God trying to tell me? And so I got to thinking through a lot of stuff. And that's what I would like to, to talk to, tell you a little bit about prayer. And, uh, and we're not going to talk about what we need to pray for and all of that. We're going we're gonna to look at, I think, a much deeper meaning behind what prayer really all, is all about. And that's my whole point. 
But I think we all would agree that if you've been around, if you've been around Christianity very long, you've read any much of the Bible at all or whatever, we, we understand that prayer is something that we should do as Christians. It's just a part of the Christian life, right? And so we are, so we're kind of, that's kind of laid on us that you need to pray. You need to be a praying person. We need to pray to God. You need to pray. And, you know, Paul said in, in Ephesians 6 and 18, pray on every occasion. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Pray all the time. Man, that's heavy, isn't it? That's a, that's a big responsibility. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, when you pray. Don't stand on the street corner, but go into your closet. But he said, when you pray. He said, when you fast. How many of us fast regularly? I, I doubt very many of us probably do. But Jesus said, when you fast. And he said, when you pray. Meaning, this is something that is going to be a very real part of your life in the kingdom of God. So we all agree that, that prayer is something that we should really do. But I want to ask you a series of questions here, and this isn't to produce guilt in us. It's not to make us feel ashamed or uh, feel like, oh, I'm not a good Christian or anything like that. Do you pray? And I, I, don't, I don't want you to answer. I don't want you to shake your head. I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to think within yourself, deep inside of you, I want you to really just analyze and take inventory of yourself and be real and honest with yourself. Okay? This isn't here to agree with me or not agree. I, don't, I really don't care. I don't, not that I don't care, but I, you know what I mean. That's not my point. Okay? Do you pray? If you do pray, how often do you pray? What motivates you to pray? If you don't pray, or it's very erratic, or it's very just almost anemic, if you will, or impotent if, when you think you pray, if that's the case, why? Why do you struggle to pray? And then, do you really want a stronger prayer life? Do you really want that? One of the biggest hindrances to, to prayer, and I've read a lot over the last month or so on prayer, one of the biggest hindrances to prayer comes down to our view of God. It's how we see God. I'll be honest with you, prayer has, I have struggled with it all my life for a lot of different reasons, and, I, and, I, and I'm not alone in that, I don't think. It's, prayer is something that I think a lot of Christians struggle with for a lot of different reasons. But one of them comes down, I think you can really start summarizing and get down to this bottom line, is that it a lot has to do with how we view God. And I've shared with you before, I have viewed God as being very strict, being very judgmental, uh, that, that God's love for me was conditional, that if I didn't if I wasn't good, then God wasn't pleased with me. God wouldn't hear me. God wouldn't care about me. And so that's been my view of God. So with that view of God, why would I go to God? Why would I want to talk to God and, 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 and talk to him and thinking that I would have faith that he hears me and that he's, that he's going to answer my prayer? 
And so I struggled with that. If you think that God doesn't care about you, we opened up with God loves you. If you don't believe that, you're going to struggle with praying to God. A lot of people struggle with the fact that they, they don't think prayer works. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But the idea that, well, you know, I've prayed and 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 nothing ever happens. And so I just don't think it works. I don't think it works. I don't think God cares. I don't think he's listening. I don't think whatever. And it all comes down to it's the fact of how we view God and our, and our, and our understanding of who God is. And that's where we really have to start. I don't know where your prayer life is right now. It's one thing to pray in a group of people, to pray at, at a meal, maybe to pray with a group, to pray in here in this assembly. It's one thing to say a prayer here. Don't you notice that a lot of times our prayers in private are a lot different than what we say when we're around other people? And I think that's what Jesus was getting at when he said, when you pray, go into your closet and pray. Because that's where you get real. That's where it really comes alive. And so prayer is a struggle for a lot of us. And prayer is very mysterious. And the fact that, just the fact that we have, that we try to envision that we are talking to an invisible person. Anybody struggle with that one? See, we're not alone. This was going on way back in the very beginning. People have always struggled with communicating with God. And that's really what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is one of those church words that kind of carries some connotations, and we think it's a, a very religious and holy word, the word prayer. But all prayer is is simply communicating with God. It's talking to God. Now, we need to look at what communication is. If it's communicating with God, we're very good about telling God what we think, right? We're very good about telling God what we need. We're very good about telling God, I'm struggling and I need you to do this and I want you to do this and I need that. But one of the aspects of communication is not just talking, but it's listening. And listening to God is one of the most difficult things and one of the things that we don't really develop in our lives. It's not something that it becomes a priority because to us praying is that, Lord, I'm struggling in this and help me with this and I need that and I need that. And we never sit quietly. We never sit in our closet to listen to what God has to say. You ever been around somebody that all they want to do, they're the ones that want to talk all the time and they never listen to anybody? They just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and you try to get a word edgewise. I had a guy at work that was that way. He would ask you a question and the only reason he asked you the question was not because he's interested in your answer. It was because it was a spring for, springboard for him to start off and he would go on this 15-minute talk about everything in the world, all about him. And sometimes that's how our prayer can be, is that we just start off with God and we just, God this, God this, God this, God this. I need it, I need it, I need it. Help me here, do this. But we've got to learn how to listen. And I'm telling you, that is, a, that is a skill. That is a discipline. But that is a part of our communication with God, is learning to listen to Him. 
And that's very important. So what is the essence of prayer? What is the, what is the real purpose of prayer? When you really get down to it. And a lot of times we, we think of it in those terms. Well, prayer really, what it is, is for me to talk to God and get God to help me in my life. When that's, that's true. That's an aspect of prayer. But that's not what the heart of prayer is. At the heart of prayer is to know God. That is what prayer is about. And if we really want to look at what prayer is all about, and, and really if we want to know what anything is about in the Christian life, we have to start with Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 11, he said, are you having real struggles? Come to me. Are you carrying a big load on your back? Come to me. He said, I'll give you rest. Now listen, pick up my yoke and put it on. Take lessons from me. My heart is gentle and it's not arrogant. You'll find the rest you deeply need. My yoke is easy to wear and my load is easy to bear. Pick up my yoke and put it on and take lessons from me. What is Jesus saying there? If you want to learn how to pray, you need to learn what, how Jesus prayed. A yoke was something that you would take a big, strong ox that was, has been trained, that has been disciplined, that knows what to do, and they would yoke up a young ox with it. I mean, I'm talking they would connect those two together and here's that young ox, he's wild, he's untamed, he's undisciplined, and that big strong ox would get that young one in line and get him going to where so that they could work together to plow the field or do whatever work. That's putting the yoke. That young one was learning how to do it from the, from the older one. And that's what Jesus is saying to us, is that we yoke ourselves to him. We get connected to Jesus so that we learn how to live life the way he lived it in relation to his Father. Jesus lived completely and totally in his humanity. And he showed us how to do that. And if we want to learn how to pray, we need to connect ourselves with Jesus, look at how he prayed, so that we'd be able to model that prayer life in our own life today. And so we have to start with Jesus. And I want to look at it, and I want to kind of do this and kind of contrast it this way. See if I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not. Okay, good. I want to do it by contrasting Jesus with Israel. If you'll go back to when Israel uh, was in Egypt... And they became enslaved in Egypt. The Egyptians took control of them. They oppressed them. They were treated, treated badly. And they began to cry out to God. And what did God do? He heard the cry. He said, I'm going to deliver my people. And I'm going to do it in a powerful way. So he gets Moses and Aaron. And he sends them into Egypt. And all of the plagues that came up on Egypt. All of these great displays of power that God showed. 
to the Egyptians and also to Israel, and the purpose all of it was, was to show that God was God. Not only to the Egyptians, but to Israel as well. This is the God that you're calling out to. This is the God that has come to rescue you. I can squash all those gods of Egypt. And he did it in a very powerful, visual way through the plagues. And so then finally they leave Egypt. They cross the Red Sea. They get out there. The Egyptian army comes after them. God closes the Red Sea in on them, destroys the Egyptian army, and here's Israel now, millions of people coming out of Israel, and where are they? In the wilderness. You know what's in the wilderness? Nothing. There's no food. There's no water. It's desert. There's nothing there that you would desire. And here God led them. God led them to the wilderness. They had nothing, okay? And what did they do? Did they bow themselves before God and say, Father, we saw your great power in heaven, or we saw your great power in Egypt and how you destroyed their gods and how you delivered us with a mighty hand and you, the Red Sea parted and we walked on dry ground and you are with us and we know you can provide and we just called to you to please give us food and water. No, they didn't. How things might have been different if they had. But they didn't. How did they respond? You brought us out here to die? Man, we had it good back there in Egypt. We had food. We had water. We had all of these provisions. We we had it made. Why did you bring us out here? What are you doing? The desire of their heart was for their own comfort and well-being. Now contrast that with Jesus. Jesus comes to John And he's baptized by John. And do you ever notice it says when he came up out of the water, he prayed to God. And then the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove and said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. And then what happened? The Spirit of God led Jesus where? Into the wilderness. Why do you think Jesus was led by God into a place where there is nothing there to test his heart. That's what the Bible says that God did with Israel. He took them into the wilderness to test to see what was in their heart. He took Jesus into the wilderness to test him to see what was in his heart. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of what Israel was supposed to do and they failed. Jesus is coming now to be tested just like they were so that he would be the Messiah. And so he's in the wilderness and God tests his heart. And so he goes for 40 days without food and he's hungry. What is in Jesus' heart? Why do I have to do this? What are you doing to me? Why am I having to not be able to eat? Can't you provide me some food? I mean, good night. I'm your son. No. He humbly walks with God. And when the temptations come, his heart's desire is to the glory of his Father. That is what prayer is to get us. Let me rephrase that. That is what prayer is designed to do in us, is that God will be the greatest desire of our heart. That's the purpose of prayer.
And when I think of that and I look at my prayers, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I've missed it all my life. Prayer is to get us to see who God is and that God is with us. It is to see that God is good. It is to see that God is faithful. It is to see that God's will is to be paramount in everything that we do. Oswald Chambers said, prayer is the way is the way the life of God is nourished. We often look upon prayer as a means of getting things for ourselves, and that's how I've always looked, for, looked at it. But the Bible's idea of prayer is that we may get to know God himself. It's to develop a loving, trusting, and relevant and ongoing relationship with him. So that, When we are facing our darkest moments in life, we will not give up and we will not be discouraged because God is good and God is faithful. And we go to the, we go to the, we go to the garden and we see that what happened in the wilderness with Jesus where his heart was tested and it was directed and fully towards God. His desire of his heart was for God and only for God so that when he gets to the garden and he's praying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Even in his darkest moment, Jesus' desire was to do the will of God. Regardless of his comfort, regardless of his pain, regardless of his suffering, I will do what you said. Why? And we talked about it this morning in our group. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You, you see, we, we, we struggle so much in our lives because we do not see what's beyond the immediate context of what we're going through. And prayer helps us to do that, to get beyond the, the oppression and the weight and the urgency of the moment to see that God's will just help me to do your will through this whole experience. And that's the design of prayer. I think that is exactly what Jesus was saying. If you will, advance a slide. Uh, go back there one second. Uh, in Luke 11, it's kind of a parallel account. It says, G teach us to pray. You know what? That was the only thing the disciples ever asked that we have recorded. That's the only thing they ever asked Jesus to teach them. They never asked him to help us to be good preachers, help us to be good whatever. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. And then Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done as in heaven, so on earth. That is the heart of Jesus' prayer. When he prayed our Father in heaven, that was, that was radical stuff right there. When they heard him say that, 
Because back in those days in Israel, you didn't refer to God as Father. That was not in their vocabulary. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he said, when you pray, you start your prayer at recognizing that God is your Father. What's, what is the, the word Father? What does that just ooze with? Relationship, right? Relationship. The God of heaven is having a relationship with us. And that's what we, that is where our minds need to go first and foremost is in the fact that no matter what my life looks like, no matter how bad I think I've been, no matter how good I think I am, no matter what I'm struggling with, first and foremost I go and say, Father, I know you love me, you care about me, I haven't been what I should, but I pray that you will hear my prayer. And that is the connection that we have with God. What a great comfort that is. And he said, may your name be honored and may your kingdom come and your will be done. That should be our heart's desire. The kingdom of God, the rule, the reign of God coming to us. It's coming to earth. You, as a Christian, is where the kingdom of God exists. It is in you. And it is among you. And we pray for that to come into our lives more and more. And then may your will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Jesus never prayed that we would leave earth to go to heaven. He prayed that heaven would come down to dwell among us here in earth. And we are where you and I, because the Spirit of God dwells in us, you and I are where heaven and earth meet. And so the more the kingdom of God comes into our lives where we do His will, there is where the evidence of heaven becomes real here in our life. And that's what Jesus said we should pray for. To know God and to have a relationship with Him. Well, so I don't ask God for anything? What about that part of prayer? So I don't... I don't, I don't Ask him for things? Well, not at all. That's not what Jesus said. If you continue on in the prayer here, he said, pray for our daily bread, forgive us of our sins, those kinds of things. So where does, where does asking for things in all of this fit in? In Matthew 7, you'll scroll on. Y'all changed up my PowerPoint. It must not have been very good. It doesn't look like what I sent them. Did we change it up? <laughs> oh, oh, it's different back here. Okay, wow. All right, never mind then. Thank you all for using it. All right. Uh, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And everyone who knocks will have the door open. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And you may be thinking, you know what, I've knocked, I've asked, I've searched, I've, I've, I've pleaded. And, the, and, and God never seems to answer my prayer. God never seems to listen. God's never there. Well, we need to think of it like this. Is that God doesn't always work in our lives the way that we think he should. Or the way that we expect him to. And I think that's really, that's probably a, a big 
issue with the way that we pray a lot of times is that we pray and we expect God to do this. And when this doesn't happen, then we get kind of frustrated with God, we get delusional, and we kind of lose faith. Y'all, we need to ask God about everything. We need to ask Him for everything. We need to pray about every detail of our life, about everything that's going on. Every part of who we are needs to be offered up to God and ask God. But we need to have the faith in Him that He is going to work in and through our prayers that will bring Him the ultimate glory. That's how we ask to receive. That's how we search to find. That's how we knock for the door to be open. It's because we trust God that whatever He does. You know, I read stories about, you know, you hear my loved one had cancer and I prayed and I prayed that they would be healed and I prayed they would be healed and I prayed often and continually and then they died. Where was God? A single person will pray that they will find that special someone that they can marry and they pray and they wait for years and they pray and they pray, send someone, send someone, and no one ever comes and they think, God doesn't care about me. You see, it's not that we ask for God, we ask God for things. It's do we trust Him that what He answers that we are going to be okay with? And that's where the, that's real, the struggle really comes. So we need to be, we need to be mindful of that. We can be, we can ask. Jesus teaches about being persistent in asking. And he says that you need to just open up your heart to God. God can handle what's ever in your heart, believe me. You read the Psalms, people cried out to God. They complained to God. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But it was always in the context that your perfect will will be done and lived out. But we can still make those feelings and those emotions known to God, but always do it in the context that God is who he is and that he's good and that he's faithful. And not worry about how he's going to work it out, but just worry about will he work it out to where it will be glorify him. That's our greatest desire of our heart is that God through our life and how we live our life and how we handle the situations come, that the greatest desire of our heart is God, that it will be to his glory. And then that will empower our prayers. We're talking about the motivation to pray. If we're praying because I should, more than likely our prayers are going to become very delusional. They're going to become very frustrating. And probably we're just going to give up praying altogether. And so we need to cultivate a desire to pray. That we need to pray because we want to. And when we pray because we want to, because we want to know God and get closer to Him, then I think our prayer life will really, if you will, take off. Go to the next slide, please. This is something that was in the book that we were studying in our grow group. 
Becky texted this out a few days before, and, uh, and you know, and this was, at, this was really at the heart. This first sentence is the key. All the rest really doesn't matter until we understand what he's saying. Prayer more than any other single activity is what places us in the flow of the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God has as his ultimate purpose is to glorify God. And when we are in the flow of the Spirit, who his purpose is to glorify God, when we're in that flow, then these things are going to happen. This is going to be the prayer, the, the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man becomes real. Hearts get convicted. Sins get confessed. Believers get united. Intentions get encouraged. Intentions get encouraged. People receive guidance. The church is strengthened. Stubbornness gets melted. Wills get surrendered. Evil gets defeated. Grace gets released. Illness gets healed. Sorrows are comforted. Faith is born. Hope is grown. And love triumphs. It is in prayer, in the presence of God, that we come closest to being fully ourselves. That is what prayer will do in our lives when our desire is for God first and foremost. And then that is when God begins to to really work and act within our lives as His Spirit flows in us and out of us. Last slide. This is from N.T. Wright, and he says, Prayer is one of life's great mysteries. And it is. It is a mystery. If you think prayer is easy, you think prayer makes sense, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery and a half. But at its lowest, prayer is shouting out into a void, just hoping somebody is listening. That's characterized a lot of my prayers in my life. Just hoping somebody was listening to me. But at its highest, prayer merges into love as the presence of God becomes so real that we pass beyond words and into a sense of His reality, generosity, delight, and grace. What I want to leave and what my purpose in in all of this, and I hope it makes sense and I hope you understand it, but the gist of everything I hope to say at the end of the day is that I hope that it will encourage us all to reevaluate how we pray, why we pray, and that we will get into let the Spirit teach us to pray the way God wants us to so that He becomes the desire of our heart. Thank you.